Welcome to Inspirational Australians, where we share stories of Australians making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. We at Inspirational Australians acknowledge the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waterways on which this podcast is produced. We pay our respect to elders past and present and those who are emerging and extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. At Inspirational Australians, we are inspired by the world's oldest living culture and pay homage to their rich storytelling history when we share stories on our podcast. Hello and welcome to your weekly dose of inspiration. You're with us on the Inspirational Australians podcast. And just getting back into the flow of recording podcasts for 2024. And I've got a guest who was meant to be with us in 2023. Unfortunately, I had to cancel. So I'm super excited to be chatting with Annabelle today. Before we get into the episode, just want to remind people that the Seven News Young Achiever Awards is currently open in some states. So if you have a young person you know of, if you are a young person yourself and you're wanting to be part of this incredible program, which we'll touch on a little bit with Annabelle later, then head to youngachieverawards.com. Check it out. There's still time to nominate someone. And you know what? If you're looking at a state where the nominations have closed, you can actually still refer someone for an award and we'll get to that next year. So certainly worth checking it out. And just remember the kind of impact you can have for a young person by nominating them. It's a huge recognition for them. And you could really go a long way to, to making a massive difference for that person. So that's it for that spiel. Uh, on to today's guest, Annabelle Hay, who was the founder of Clutch Glue. Now, I'm really interested to hear about this because it's probably not a product that I would have uh, used before. So I've actually got some interesting qu- uh, questions in mind for Annabelle, who was a finalist in 2023 in the Seven News Young Achiever Awards for New South Wales and ACT. Annabelle was in the Off-Trail Small Business Achievement Award category. So as I said, Annabelle invented and founded Clutch Glue, which has been labelled a game changer in the fashion industry. Clutch Glue is a far more effective and sustainable alternative to fashion tape. A largely uninspired and untapped market sector, Clutch has empowered everyone to wear their clothes with confidence. With a background in construction management, Annabelle recruited the services of a freelance chemist out of UNSW, that's University of New South Wales, to formulate Clutch, a patent-pending, seriously strong, sweat-resistant, but water-soluble clothes adhesive, which is hypoallergenic, vegan, palm oil-free, eliminates single-use plastic, and uses 100% recycled and recyclable packaging. Annabelle, you thought of everything. Welcome uh, to the podcast this morning. Quite the mouthful. You got that right, though. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, that is seriously impressive stuff. Uh, I've got so many questions, so you know, I've got to think about where I want to start. What Was there a moment that you that clicked for you where you're like, I need this product? Or was it something that had been on your mind? Um, Because, you know, going from having a good idea to actually going ahead and bringing on a chemist to create it, that's a big difference. Yeah. So I think um, I definitely did have that moment where I was just trying to use fashion tape to uh, essentially uh, tape my clothes to my skin because I was wearing a jumpsuit and I was going out one night. And I just thought, wouldn't it be so much easier if I could just glue myself into this? And I sort of went about my business and sort of didn't really think about it too much. And then the next day I was kind of like, 
That's actually it's actually not a bad idea. So I thought, though, that we kind of live in a world where most things, especially products, have kind of, you know, already been done. You know, if I've thought about it, somebody else has totally thought about that, right? Um, yep. So I Googled it and I just couldn't really find the solution that I was looking for. Of course, adhesives have been around for, you know, hundreds of years, um, but not for the kind of use that I specifically wanted it. There was plenty of adhesives um, in sort of the... Uh, more special effects market, but the main crux of it was that they had latex in them and they didn't wash out of your clothes when you're done. Right. So it was either this, I could have a water-based glue like an eyelash glue, but that's going to come off with sweat instantly. And then Mm. there was this, well, I could have a really strong glue, but it's actually going to ruin my clothes. So I kind of then sort of got thinking a little bit more. And at this point, I sort of didn't really know that I was going to execute it. It's sort of just one thing that kind of led to another and it kept on being it was just always in the back of my mind I couldn't I couldn't get rid of it and I was like you know what it just came one day when I was talking to my parents about it and they were like well kick yourself if you don't try just try so I think it was a lot of work took me four years um between conception and then launch uh to actually invent glue um clutch glue that we all know and love today but yeah I sort of knew that with a construction management background I'm not a chemist um I have no idea how to invent glue so I emailed UNSW and I said, uh, I know you've got some people that come in for research tasks. Is there someone uh, that would be able to invent this product idea that I have? And they said, yeah, okay, like try and email this guy. He's probably the only person that could probably do it. Email him and see what he says. So I did. I got him to sign an NDA and we jumped on a Teams call. And on the other side of the screen is is freakishly smart a guy with nine phds from the usa that had come in to unsw for a few years to work on fire retardants so totally nothing related to glue at all but i kind of explained this issue to him and he was like yeah like okay sure i I can do it for you but i don't really understand it but like i'll do it i was like (laughs) you don't need to understand this is actually probably perfect because then i know you're not going to run off with this so The condition was essentially everything that you said in your intro, um, but it also needed to be my IP and my formula, like at the end of the day. So yep. it took him about 10 months and I'd say just so many reiterations and so many failed attempts and probably a few ruined clothes every every now and then. But um, yeah, we finally then got the clutch formula. So once we had that, it was then all about the branding, the marketing, manufacturing it. Um it was really hard to get manufactured. That was a uh, problem yeah. I didn't realize I was going to come across was that uh, adhesives and even just um, manufacturers in general are only certified for different types of things. So because the pH was like over a certain level, that ruled out like half the manufacturers that I could possibly go on for. Then right. there were ones that said, we don't have machines that uh, can work for adhesives because it'll block the tube. So we can't make that. So Literally, I think I went through thousands upon thousands of manufacturers to try and get them to make it for me. And there was only two at the end of the day that could. One of them was in Melbourne and one of them was in Sydney. And I live in Sydney and I was like, you know what, let's just go with them. So now uh, we got them to make it. And since then, we've actually had to scale up and now we get it made at a pretty high, you know, a, a very serious manufacturing place in Perth. For the first launch, we ended up getting getting it made locally in Sydney and it sold out in about three months. <laughs> nice. So, 
it was pretty intense, I'll tell you that. Yep. That is uh, just an incredible journey. And did you have moments where, you know, especially working with a chemist in a field that you're not as familiar with, you know, technically speaking, and you're probably mm. thinking, you know, where's the progress on this? Like having to follow up, probably trying not yeah. to, you know, put the guy offside, but uh, hey, I need this. It was, it was an interesting just like learning environment where I'm sure he's probably not used to people just like quite literally asking him what that, uh, like what is that chemical? Like I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah. right now. What do you mean that only one place in Philadelphia can make one of the ingredients that, you know, we, we that goes into clutch? So it's so interesting that there were these different nuances and I learned a lot about like the supply chain and even just the different quality chemicals that you can get because like a lot of clutches is, is a pretty basic um, adhesive formula but then there's a few special bits that go into it to make it you know what it is and it's a first of its kind um, patented formula so it needed to have that um, inventive sort of element to it but yeah, there was a lot of just, uh, I guess, quality control that went into it that I didn't really realise existed. Um, even things like the method of, you know, needing to stir it with this kind of paddle versus this kind of paddle and it needs to be made in glass and not plastic. And, you know, all of these just yeah. different nuances that I actually found really exciting. I think that I'm quite curious and, uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I appreciated the learning for sure. And actually it's probably the main thing that I realised I loved the most out of this entire process isn't necessarily operating the company but um, absolutely loved the R&D side of things. Yeah, okay. You've really uh, gotten into that side. Yeah, it's really cool. That is cool. So you're talking about a couple of failed experiments and, mm. you know, even uh, um, – ruined clothes and things like that mm. you know is it a bit dicey going out in public testing yeah sure. <laughs> that kind of uh product or, or are you doing mainly testing at home a lot of testing at home but um i actually had a lot of my i had a panel of friends that i could trust with this that actually tested it for me as well because it needed to be hypoallergenic and i didn't i wanted to make sure it was something that literally everyone can enjoy so yeah had a whole panel of friends that had different skin types and skin um, sensitivities that I really wanted to test out. So, yeah, I had plenty of, of you know, attempts for people having bad reactions and needing to come back from that was, you know, a bit serious. But, but yeah, I don't know. It was just um, something that I guess it was all character building at the end of the day. And then when you finally find that one that that everybody that works with everybody and everyone's as invested in it as you at that point was actually quite a nice celebratory moment. It made it feel really real that we were able to get something that worked, which I genuinely at the end of the day, it was the, it wasn't the like, can I run a business and can I, can I, you know, do this? It was literally, is this like actually legitimately possible was yes. probably uh, the, the, the main question on everybody's mind, but Hey, we did it. <laughs> yeah. I loved how you were saying at the start about, you know, everyone has had an idea and then mm. you look for a product, you think, oh, has that? And of course it exists it's on Amazon. Yeah. It's on, you know, somewhere. Uh, it's probably in Japan because they invent everything. <laughs> They're incredible um, yeah. over there with their innovation yeah. and technology. But I can see now why this probably hasn't happened just mm. with what had to go on, the ingredients, how limited they are. Yeah. Yeah. Was- it makes sense. It's, it, it was just such a tall order and there, there were things as well that were just really hard to come across um, in terms of uh, the actual packaging. So I wanted to make sure because fashion tape, which was the only alternative to this to begin with, was um, so much single-use waste. It's awful. It just yeah. you know, it goes straight in the bin and it doesn't work half the time, well, all the time and all of these things that I just thought, 
yeah, it's one thing to provide like actually a reliable solution and keep your clothes attached to you where you need them and then it comes off when, you, when you're done. But it was another thing that we really wanted to make sure that it hit those sustainability cues. It's something that I really take seriously in my day-to-day life. And it just would have been, I think that startups especially have such, um, uh, I guess, like a, a leg up when it comes to creating something that's sustainable because we don't need to reverse engineer what we've currently already got. We, we I had the criteria from the get-go um, and as long as I didn't sort of compromise on that, I was able to execute something that hit all of those bases. So I think having finding a packaging manufacturer um, that actually made packaging made of 100% recycled packaging and is then still recyclable was really hard to find. Um, but a lot of that comes out of China. So our packaging is made in China and then it gets shipped to Perth where then it's fulfilled and sent out. Yep. Well, it's a good point you made because it is a little ironic sometimes when you see the product and it's talking about how sustainable it is. Yeah. But it comes in all this plastic you got to rip off and totally, and all this unnecessary packaging. And so mm-hmm. that is something that's, you know, yeah. it does show that holistic approach that you've got. Yeah. And even just little decisions such as um, it doesn't have a, usually when you get a tube um, that you twist off, it might have like that safety cap so that, you know, okay. people yep. shops aren't, you know, unscrewing something and, you know, using it or whatever it might be. Yep. You had to even get rid of that. You know, there were just little things where it was like it cannot be, there cannot be an element of single-use waste here, even down to how we ship it out. Everything is recyclable. That's Yeah, that's uh, that's very cool. Mm. Did you have a moment along this journey of, you know, from uh, from starting the idea to actually having a product you can sell where you thought it's just not going to happen? Oh, 100%, like every day. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I think I was, and I was in Hong Kong at the time, I was wor- like working for a big construction firm. And it was really hard being away from my family, especially because everything that I had to do and communicate had to be over text and email and stuff. Sometimes it's so much easier just to, you know, have a meeting, sit there, bang it out, like, let's let's do this thing. I had none of that. So I found the kind of communication aspect to it incredibly challenging, that's for sure, because it all makes sense in your head, but actually, you know, eloquently putting that into an email and something that someone else also understands as much as you is really hard, really it hard is. to do. Um, and, yeah, I have my fair share of definitely some miscommunications, but I think, um, yeah, it was it was, it was was challenging for sure to try and, um, yeah, execute for sure, for sure. I think that there was just so many moments, not even, and but even at moments where it was just like, how am I even going to afford this? Because I pay for it all myself. So there were yeah. moments where I literally couldn't progress until I got my next paycheck. Like there were just moments that strung it out and strung it out. So there were definitely moments as well where I was like, oh, it'd be so much easier if I could just like get investors in this and that, whatever. And, and, but I kept on just coming back to the one constant, which was like, I know I can do this. I know how well this is going to go and this is my baby and I'm going to do it. But yeah. yeah, definitely easy sometimes to take the easy way out. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, a lot of uh, startups these days, they get to a point where they, mm. it's actually investment is now required totally to scale and get to the point. Mm. They've got an incredible concept. They've actually got working, you know, mm. service or product, but they can't actually get to that stage. So yeah. even just that by itself is a really good achievement. For sure. And I think I liked having that autonomy as well. I think that's also, um, just go in really good stead as well and how we've scaled up. Everything that we've done has been really quite natural um, and it's just really quite freeing that I didn't have to answer to anybody else. It was just me doing my own thing, explaining to my sister really like, you know, what we're going to do and this is what we're going to do. I had a sounding board if I needed it, but 
It was just, it's just been a really organic journey. And I think that that is something that I um, take quite seriously. It's not something that I would recommend to everybody though. like that's <laughs> yeah. you know it, it, there are there are a thousand ways to skin a cat that's just how i did it and i appreciate the way that i did it yeah for sure so you mentioned your sister and uh, one thing i noticed in just doing some research uh, about you and clutch glue is that you're the founder yep and but you're also the co-owner and so quite often with startups i've seen uh, in my journey and i see you know I, I get to i guess come across all the stories through the young achiever Awards, which is you know, I I just love that. And you often see co-founder. And so, yeah, tell me, walk me through that journey of how you were the founder, but actually now, you know, you and your sister are co-owners. Yeah. So what the, because the whole, uh, I guess, the the whole idea to begin with was really just me kind of chipping away at little bits and bobs, just niggly bits when I got the time and sort of whatever. And it was kind of, didn't really have any rhyme or reason. I had you look at all these startups that have like these really serious, you know, plans and things like that. It was just not like that for me. I just <laughs> kind of like did it when I did it and I yep. remained, um, I guess I remained focused and I had a goal in mind, but I didn't give myself any of the time pressure. Um, and yeah, so when it got to actually the bit of, I had the product, um, but I needed the packaging and, and I had no design skills whatsoever, but my sister, who was a copywriter in her day job, uh, very much has those very beautiful design skills. Wanted something that was really well marketed. It needed to be something that was really inclusive. It needed to be something that, um, was, you know, celebrated by everyone and everyone and could reach everyone around the world because this isn't just an Australian problem. This is very yep. much something that, that affects majority of the population and, I thought no one else better to try that I can trust than my sister. We and I'm sure that not everybody has that kind of relationship with their siblings, but I'm very lucky in that my older sister is absolutely brilliant. Um, and there's no one else I would have trusted with the creative. So sort of just I didn't really even ask her to be honest. It was kind of just something that we were just chatting. I've got it's so funny. I was going through old um, messages on my phone and I quite literally found the ones just being like hey, do you reckon you could maybe do a mock-up for this and could you do that and what colours do you think? And I don't know. And, it, it again, it kind of just happened. It was just like this, oh, yeah, she's involved now and she was just doing me a favour for the longest time. Um, and then it got to a point where she really, really believed in this product and believed in me and I actually really loved her being a part of it. So just decided to uh, give her a bit of the company and now we run it together. So she is the creative director, marketing manager, co-owner, and yep. I do CEO um, foundry type stuff. But I think at the end of the day, it's actually really lovely to have somebody to bounce off because it can be really isolating doing things on your own. Um, and I really value her opinion. So, yep. yeah. Well, yeah. You, uh, almost all the words out of my mouth. Cause I was going to say, I, I just love hearing the difference between, you know, various mm -hmm. startups and I hear, uh, this, that kind of concept, it can be a lonely, isolating journey, mm -hmm. but you hear from others who, even if they are solo founders uh, co or just solo owners of their business who say it's not um, isolating because they have, you know, really intentionally brought people along. And I think sure. you've touched on it there. You have to have people involved to bounce those ideas off to mm -hmm. utilize their expertise. And so, you know, if you're close with your family, who better? Totally. I mean, and that's the thing is that she cares just as much uh, about it as I do. And that's something that you definitely find is really tough uh, in just the normal day-to-day -day corporate world. There are so many people that really care about their jobs, but there are plenty of people that don't. And 
that's something that as a small business, as we start scaling up, it's actually one of my like greatest fears right now is that I'm going to have to hire someone that isn't my sister and then I'm going to have to like try and make them care about it as much as I do. But that's just really probably not possible. But yeah, that's probably a conversation for later down the line. But um, there's uh, no other sister you can bring in brothers unfortunately <laughs> not although you know i'm i'm never say never i've got plenty of amazing cousins and you know partners and things like that that would also be pretty pretty incredible to bring on board but um yeah hopefully we've still got a little while until i need to think about that yeah in my mind though <laughs> well i'm lucky enough to work with family as well um mm-hmm. with what we do a family owned you know business that has a great uh, purpose that we work yeah. towards i'd say i i do love it and has you know far far more pros than cons the the main one i can think of con wise is when you really there's not about uh, an argument or you know anything like that but it's really where you might have a different idea what you think is going to work better and addressing that have you Mm -hmm. had to overcome that hurdle yet yeah it's certainly and it's certainly you know we we clash a lot of the time when it just comes to little it's little it's never big decisions it's never you know we're never making these like crazy big things being like we should go to the moon and i'm like let's go to mars you know it's not like that but we definitely have conversations about like oh you know i want to post this tiktok it might be and she's like no that's actually a really terrible idea or just different things like that and i find that um you know we we overcome those little problems like quite quickly i'd say for us our main problem is we don't ever stop talking about it uh, mm. because we don't have those boundaries like you normally would with uh, just a colleague. So when it comes to, yeah, we're sending those messages to each other quite literally 24 hours a day, it never stops. But you know what? Couldn't have it any other way, to be honest. I quite enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, do you have partners that roll their eyes and they're like, you know, you're out for dinner or something? Like, oh, they're talking for about sure. it again. <laughs> for sure. Happens all the time. It happens all the time. Um, but uh, look, they also do very interesting things in their own right. So uh, they do definitely add a really nice insight uh, to our business. It's it's refreshing actually that they care so much, but also provide just a really nice outsider perspective. It's really, I find that really important to just have people that aren't involved that quite literally can just see it very objectively and just be like, hmm, actually maybe do this. And sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, sorry, duh. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. And they're really helpful and when we also utilise their network as well, you know, it's amazing how many people you know when you pull a few minds together. Yeah, very mm. true. You mentioned TikTok before and I think it's mm. something that, you know, Clutch Glue's kind of become really well known for is you're engaging social media content. People yeah. just really, you know, uh, I guess, what's the word, um, relate to it, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, has that been fun? Is that something that you're directly involved with, outsource? How does that work for you? Yeah, it's um, it's exhausting. It's constant. And especially considering TikTok is, again, a 24-hour, you know, platform because it reaches so many people from mm. all over the globe. Uh, my sister and I still manage the all the socials. So we do the Instagram and the TikTok. The TikTok is where we saw success so quickly. I And it blew everybody's mind. Like I knew, obviously, that I'd done something good, but... I thought I was giving myself, you know, a couple years for this thing to sort of really be something that people would get to know. And honestly, it just, I woke up one day overnight, I had a video that got 8.8 million views and it oh, and, yeah. and I could not, my phone stopped working because I got too many notifications, sales notifications on my phone. It just like stopped working. It's was insane it was like there's there was that moment where you're like oh I've like done it and that was like seriously when I was like okay this is this is the first day of the rest of my life I think yeah 
And so we still manage the socials, mostly because I think that being a small business, people really love seeing just the authentic, not glamorous, beautiful content that you might see on Instagram. It's just like the pure, just talking to each other. It's really candid. It's really engaging. And that's what I like about TikTok is that everyone feels relatable uh, on their, you know, whatever whatever algorithm you're on, there's something that, yeah. you know, you, you, that appeals to you and you like to see. So we've really been able to tap into that. And I really enjoy engaging with our audience directly i want to know what they have to say i want to know their feedback whether it's good or bad and they give us so many good ideas they like they they help us they're they're there being like i really want to see it in this store or this would really work for gymnastics and all of these kinds of things and just they're, they're interesting and they and they give us so much more than we ever think to think about so we actually really use them to leverage our own business plan and and goals so i think it's been a, an amazing place. I don't think that everyone's going to find that kind of success on TikTok. I think that because we had a point of difference and mm. it's a solution to their problems, which is very yep. much what TikTok's flavor is, is that it's like life hacks is essentially totally. what people want. Um, that's why we saw that kind of success. But we, on the, on the, on the other side, we kind of struggle on the Instagram because it needs to be cushy and it needs to be kind of a bit more aesthetic and it's a bit more about the brand but that takes years to build out this kind of brand of, of what you want your image to be. So that's kind of what we're working on, but at least we were able to do TikTok kind of quickly because, but TikTok is a beast. Like I yep. just can't wrap my head around the absolute reach. If you told, if you show me 8.8 million people in a room, I would probably just want the ground <laughs> to swallow me whole, you know? Yeah. And especially I would say when it is a, the, the main use case of clutch is certainly uh, keeping your tops to your chest. Yeah. And as a girl and as someone that's, you know, just, I don't know, just a 25-year-old girl just, you know, in Bondi, it can sometimes be quite um, scary and daunting when you have those moments knowing what people can see of your body over the internet and it's not something that I really wanted. Um, yeah. But I try not to let that get to me. There's definitely cons to it for sure. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of it has its bad sides when people are sort of, commenting on your body and things like yeah. that and you know a lot of that we just try and censor and monitor but um yeah for the main part we've seen a lot of success on it 99% success about 1% weird but that you're going to get that anywhere it's the internet right i know it's a shame it's a set it's a it's an unfortunate one but i'd say at least you got 99% positive that's a good exactly. ratio and look our community truly is just yeah. so lovely it's so lovely yeah. i love it yeah yeah like even just as a um you know, not even my product, just looking at comments or actually just to be fair with the Young Achiever Awards as well, mm. we do get sometimes someone putting a negative comment about mm. a young person. Yeah, it's really, it's quite horrible. Like It's awful, but if you think about it, I, I was, when I, when we first sort of went crazy on TikTok and I was taking a lot of these comments just really personally, which I am getting better at now, but I, somebody told me, they were like, no successful person is sitting behind their computer leaving a hate comment. It's only people that are jealous, that just don't have anything going on in their lives, that are just bitter yep. and want to bring people down. And honestly, at the end of the day, it's true. Like, when have you sat there and thought actually to comment something hateful? Because I haven't. It's never crossed no. my mind. So. Yeah, I just, I don't know what goes through people's minds to a... Uh... It's the, anonym, the anonymity, I guess, you know, on social media is definitely a bit scary, but, you know, as long as you're sort of aware of, it, aware of it and you sort of know how to manage it, that's probably the best advice that I can give. But, yeah, just know that 
these people are just, you know, low lives. That's kind of the only way that I sort of just brush it off if I can. <laughs> yeah, no, that's for sure. That's um, Taking it back another step uh, to what you were saying about you getting ideas from your you know, mm. audience as well. That's interesting. You're talking about gymnastics. There's these things you, you know, mm. didn't in, kind of have in your mind when you were creating it, but there's all these uses that must be really rewarding. Really cool. And we sort of, and we tap into that a lot in terms of our own content, you know, c- keeping it interesting, keeping new ideas there. Sort of the main use cases is definitely on your chest and um, also your bike shorts to stop them riding up. But um, other main uses that I've seen have been amazing, like people keeping their saris on, um, a lot of sort of hair and makeup type things that people will use clutch for, um, hemming pants, like temporarily hemming things on the go. So, because you can use it fabric on fabric. And I've just found, you know, it's been so exciting seeing that kind of feedback from people being like, oh my God, I can use it here. I can use it there. And I'm like, of course you can. Like we have people that um on their wedding days, like instead of like on their stockings, like on their garters, they just like glue their stockings now, like around their leg versus like actually attaching them. And I think that that's yeah. Really cool is just, you know, so many use cases because it's, it's glue at the end of the day. Mm. It's like you can do anything you want. Um, keeping your necklaces telling... on the back of your neck, you know, like right. so your doesn't come to your front. There's so many different yeah. ways to use it. It jogged yeah. my memory because I remember back in, uh, I mentioned at the start last year, you know, we did have a, a recording time scheduled and I was telling my wife about this yeah. and uh, that's the exact um, example she used was like those long um, kind of stocking things. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, oh, that'd be perfect because she's like, the ones that have that like grip, they never, like, they might work for the start of the night. Yeah. But then after that, then you notice they've all fallen down. They don't actually grip properly. So, yeah, exactly. There's just plenty you can do with it. It's so cool. And I don't know. And even just like different product ideas that people have now, too, being like, oh my God, can you do this for me? And can you do that for me? I'm like, of course I can. <laughs> You're doing my job for me. How good's that? Yeah. <laughs> now, this is a dumb question. Where is it like, uh, like a little tube makeup brush? Like, how do you store it? How is it? What's the product? How does it come in? So this is a 15 mil tube. It's quite small. It's kind of the size of like a lip balm, but a little bit goes a long way with this. So you will, yeah. you will have this for a while. It Shelf life is two years. So you're definitely going to use it up before anything. It's got no special storage requirements either. Um, you can, you know, do anything with it, go anywhere with it. The actual applicator, I mean, this one's a bit gross because I've used it a bunch of times, but um, you can see that it's kind of like actually a lip gloss, like it's yeah, it really like is liquid, and it you kind of just apply it like to your skin first, and then it goes quite tacky as you can kind of see like that, and it's yep. just like clear, nothing. It's got uh, it's got no fragrance in it or anything like that, so it doesn't really smell like anything. And then once it's sort of nice and tacky and a bit thick, that's when you can literally just overlay your fabric over the top. You leave it for about five minutes and then you're stuck in good to go and then it's not going to come off before you quite literally peel it off at the end of the night. You can also, if you don't want to like rip it off, which can definitely sort of irritate your skin a little bit depending, you know, if if you've used quite a lot, we just recommend using a damp cloth and you can quite literally just pat it it off and it'll just lift off. So, yeah, we've got it in a 15-mil tube at the moment. We're actually making a bunch of 30-mil tubes because the main problem everybody had was that they just wanted... More, more, Jeez. more, more. What a so problem. <laughs> we now are making 30 mil tubes. So those will be available in April. So very convenient to hold in your handbag. And the reason I'm thinking about that is a friend shared a story with me recently. Where was he? He was up, I think it was like north of you. Oh, my geography is shocking. It's like Coffs Harbour. Is that north, of, yeah, north. or south of yep. Sydney? And uh, he came out of an ice cream shop mm-hmm. with two ice creams, one for him, one for his girlfriend. 
Mm-hmm. And as he's stepping over, for some reason, instead of going around, so it's quite crowded, the park bench is quite tall. It's like, I'll just step over the park bench mm-hmm. where she was sitting to deliver the ice cream. His board is just completely ripped yeah. down the front, which is not where they normally, you know, normally you think of a, a yeah. blowout at the back. And, uh, you know, if she had some clutch glue in her handbag. Could have just Because he was in a world of problem. He's like, I didn't have a towel. I'd left it. Like, we just popped out for a walk. Glue your seam back together. <laughs> Could have yeah. just quickly glued. And he mm-hmm. would have been right until they get back to the hotel. So, you know, there's exactly. a lot of applications. Exactly. Exactly. You just never know when you might come unstuck, right? <laughs> exactly. That's a good, uh, I like the tagline. Thank you. So, you know, part of what we uh, love at the Young Achieve Awards is, is sharing these kind of stories. So amazing what you were doing, working, you know, in your day job, mm-hmm. your career, founding this kind of uh amazing business and and going through the trials and tribulations and now the successes. Um, You know, what was it like when you kind of found out that you were a finalist in the, uh, the young achiever awards? Really cool. And that was the first thing that I ever uh, like applied to. I don't really know. I sort of never really thought about applying to awards and things like that, but there was someone at my sister's work who was like, Oh, I know about this award. You should, you should apply. So I did, and I didn't really think anything of it, but I actually found it was a really good exercise, especially in those answering those questions that you submit. And that was a really cool exercise in uh, like remembering the, all of the yep. you know, things that you did and, and all of that. And I actually still refer to this day, a lot of that application that I wrote, I actually still use for different things. Oh, like wow, really? Different, yep. Even if I'm giving like a, if I'm doing PR things or whatever, and I need to give just like email responses, so much of it I still use and it's still relevant. So um, I found that that was just a really handy thing to have. Um, I would say, it was just, it was surreal to, you know, be selected and then, you know, as a semi-finalist and then being a finalist, it's like, how is that like even possible? And and also for such um, an award that I sort of mostly look at as people that are genuinely doing such incredible non-for-profit things. They're, like this is, sure, this is a business, but like it's way more impressive and cool to be in a room with all these people that are genuinely doing so much good greater good for and impacting their communities, impacting people around them. You know, it's just such an amazing room to be in. So it was really special to me to then be invited to that awards dinner where I could, you know, mingle and make friends with all of these really impressive people. And to this day, the table that I sat at at that finalist dinner, I still know and still see to this day. Really? Who yeah. was, I'm trying to remember because I was there at the gala dinner. So who was there? It was Harry. Table? Um, Harry and Anna Coots, who, um, he won the first award, which I think was, was it a charity? It's his, um, it was a consent and sexual Yeah. Um, and it was just, they're just so impressive. They're just moving mountains, these people. And I just think that their work day in, day out is just so important. Yeah. Was it, am I getting the rise at Harrison? That's short, yeah. Harry short. Yeah. He's amazing. I've interviewed him on the podcast. Incredible. Um, and his work is incredible. So if anyone's interested, look up the uh, Harrison James episode. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, he talks about um, mm. consent, how important it is. He had a huge parliament, um, yeah. you know, win where something got raised in parliament for a new bill. So mm-hmm. changing, you know, making positive change. But, uh, you know, to touch on what you said, small businesses, that's why we love this category because it gets to showcase, you know, someone who's making a difference through their business because, as you said yourself earlier, your product has actually helped so many people who had, you know, quite a serious 
deficiency in the market and, and that's giving them confidence it's giving them self-esteem and mm. um the ability to go out there and you know sometimes it's a little old-fashioned to have that uh thought of dress to impress or whatever but yeah i think it's still true if you fe- look good and you're proud of how you look you're going to mm. feel good wearing things with confidence as well right it just brings out such a certain edge that like you could be wearing anything but if you're wearing that with confidence and you know that it's the way you want to wear it and you're rocking it, I think that there's nothing better. There's nothing better watching somebody strut down the street and you're just like, hell yeah, that yes. is good stuff. And um, I don't know, it's just, yeah, giving people the confidence to, you know, wear that thing that's in the back of their wardrobe that they just don't touch because it doesn't sit on them right or whatever. Like this is a solution to all of that. And I think it's just really important. And also, you know, in this day and age, we still have such a problem with inclusivity in the market. There, You know, there's so many... Um, I guess, plus size labels nowadays, but they're, they're still only, you know, making, they're just making them bigger. They're not actually mm. shaping them in any way Contouring that actually them, yeah. gives these people confidence to wear these things. It's still just really disheartening to me to see this huge, you know, subset of society really suffer in something that should just be, you know, an everyday essential. It's just like a no brainer to me. So being able to just encourage everybody to wear whatever they want and, you know, have this trusty steed by their side that can give them, you know, the confidence to shape something in or take something up or whatever it might be. I think that that's just, you know, really nice and it's, and it's positive, you know, sometimes there's, there's so many scary, you know, uh, bad things happening in this world, but sometimes I just feel like if you look good, that's always just like I never have a bad day when I feel like when I'm feeling my best. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I know you're a busy, busy person, um, so we do have to wrap up the uh, the conversation shortly. But I do have a couple quick questions I wanted to squeeze in. Sure. You know, do, is there anything that, as a uh, a mid twenties business owner, you know, who was really juggling so many balls? Uh, mm. up in the air whilst you're getting your business launched. Is there any kind of advice you'd uh, pass on to people who might be listening to this going through, you know, somewhat of a similar kind of founding journey? I just think just just do it. And I think that there was always the thing in the back of my mind that was just like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, I'm not going to die. I'm really not going to die doing this. Sure, I might lose a bit of money. My ego might be bruised and things like that. But just go and do it because I wouldn't. you wouldn't be able to sleep at night being left wondering when you're 50, 60 years old, like, oh, what if I did this and what if I did that? So just don't have any of those regrets. And I think that while you're young and you don't have any dependents, you don't have, you know, maybe a mortgage, you don't have children, these things, this is when you're most financially, you know, free to make these decisions for yourself. So I just think go ahead and do it because there's also, you won't fail, you'll just learn. And once, when you have those skills, you can just transfer them into something else. I love that. You won't fail but you'll learn. Very much so. Good advice. Well, yeah, Annabelle, thanks for joining us and giving up your time today. I really appreciate it. Obviously, uh, yeah, you've been part of the Inspirational Australians podcast, which means you're an inspirational person. And uh, I've certainly been inspired just by your tenacity and your outlook, the positive outlook. Um, Yeah, I just think there's so much that I will take and that other people will take from this conversation. But, you know, is there someone in your life or, or people or, you know, a quote, something that inspires you, uh, you know, when you're feeling like you need a bit of inspiration? What do I think is, like, something that I live by? What is it I live by? Like, I don't really know. It sounds, like, corny. I don't, I don't like, really get too bogged down in sort of, you know, things to keep me going. Um, I would probably just go back to what I said earlier, which was just what's the worst going to happen. It's just, like, always the way that I kind of look at situations and I think that, 
having good people around you that you can trust is key as well to, you know, creating a good life for yourself. And yeah, just do it. Just do those things. Like life's short. I just think that, you know, living with regret is just not worth it. Yeah. So true. Well, thank you, Annabelle. People are wanting to, you know, buy your product and will connect with you. What are, where should we send them? You can send send your uh, queries across to either Clutch Glue on Instagram or on TikTok if you're interested. And we are clutchglue.com for all of your purchasing needs. We are also available in Priceline Australia, uh, all around Australia, if you would like to purchase some in stores. And keep an eye on us. We have plenty of other new products that we're developing in the background. So if you'd like to be a part of this uh, journey, we're only just starting out. So I think that, you know, in a couple of years' time, it would be, Cool to cool to be an OG as a part of our clutch clutch tribe. For sure. Well, thanks, Annabelle. Look forward to following along your journey and uh, keeping an eye on all the exciting things to come. Thanks very much, Josh. I'll speak to you soon. The Inspirational Australians podcast is brought to you by Awards Australia. We recognise, celebrate, and share the stories of inspirational Australians through our awards programs across the country. To find out more, to nominate an inspirational Australian in your life, or to partner with our awards, visit awardsaustralia.com. If you enjoyed today's story, we'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and review to make sure you don't miss an episode and to help our guests reach more people with their inspirational stories.